listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. Well, we're back together again, and this is wonderful. (laughs) Once again, I feel like it's kind of like a yo-yo, hey? It's like, once again, I was excited to gather (laughs) together, (laughs) but it's going to be awesome. Um, You know, just... I know that we're at the moment, we're meeting later than, than what we used to, and, and we're going to continue that for just a little bit because um, we don't want to make any hasty decisions. Obviously, we know coming out of the year that we've had, it's been all over the place. And so we've been open, couple weeks closed, and all the things. So uh, our 1130 service has also been because online there's online church, and we do have people from all over that attend online at 11.30. And so it being the one service that we're having right now, we're keeping it at 11.30 for a little bit, um, just to kind of see, are we going to have to move back to two services? Are, you know, are the numbers going to go back down? I hope not. Um, But just not making any hasty decisions. So you kind of know where we're at. We would like to uh, meet a little bit earlier, and that's our goal. Um, But we're seeing how things play out at the moment. So for the next one service, couple services, we're just kind of seeing where it's at, just so you know that's where we're going. So uh, we're starting another sermon series. You can turn the lights up just a little bit, so or a little more so that they can see their Bibles. Um, so we finished the sermon series, now we're going to start another one. And I'm kind of excited about this one. Uh, I, no, I'm sorry. I am excited about this one. <laughs> Um, it's a little bit more of a teaching bent, which I'm not really bent that way. So it takes all of my focus and energy to prepare messages like this. But um, I, really, I really do believe that God has us going in this direction for the next couple of weeks. I really believe it because I've been studying it for quite some time. And he's been speaking to my heart about it. But I also, I don't want to say I, I have some... I don't want to say I'm afraid, because I'm not afraid. I love the Word of God, but maybe some apprehension coming, because I know we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about money. Praise yeah, praise God. We're going to talk about money. <laughs> but I know that um, people, don't like, people don't like you to touch their money or talk about money, um, and especially where the church has been involved. Um, I know that there has been people out there that are like, you know, send, send me your money and we will bless this water and send you holy water and that kind of stuff. And so it has tainted it. But what we must understand is in the word of God, it is money is one of the most talked about subjects in the Bible. And so for us to not talk about it is just weird. So we're going to look at it. We're going to talk about money. We're talk about uh, stewardship, generosity, um, mammon, the spirit of mammon, the spirit of pro- poverty, uh, what that means, what that looks like. And we're just going to open it up over the next couple of weeks. We're going to look at verses that we've quoted over the years that we took out of context, all the things. We're going to go deep. It's exciting. It's good. Um, so get ready. Get ready to be a little uncomfortable. And the reason why I say that is because while studying this, I have had to check my own heart and see that there are many um, things in my own life in the way I view money, in the way um, I've stewarded money, has not been godly. And so it is going to be uncomfortable. So get ready for that. Wear your comfortable pants to church so that you can, I don't know, stretch out. 
<laughs> but it's going to be fun, okay? So uh, let's start in Proverbs 11:24, and just to kind of disarm you, we're not taking extra offerings or anything like that. We are looking at the Word of God and what God has to say about our money. Okay. Proverbs 11:24 says, "Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything." Our perspective on money has to change to match the position that God has placed us in. Our perspective on money has to change to match the position that God has placed us in. What is our position? We are heirs of the kingdom of God. We are sons and daughters of God. And so when we are sons and daughters of God, our Father in heaven is a giver by nature. It's who he is. He gives. So therefore, by our nature, we are givers. That's who we are. And so we need to match the position in which God has placed us in. I carry the kingdom. I am about my father's business. Therefore, I am a giver. You cannot talk about the Bible and not talk about giving because the primary theme of the Bible is giving. The primary theme, I guess you could say, of of our Christianity is giving. It started with that. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. He gave. So this was, I've been studying this, I've been looking into it, and I know that God, I've, um, one of, a lot of what I bring from you here today, if you want to order this book, it is an incredible book, it's by Robert Morris, and it's called The Blessed Life, I almost forgot the name, The Blessed Life, and so we're going to talk about a lot about what they talk about in that book, but get it, read it, study it, get it into your heart, um, because it's an incredible book. But I've been looking into it, God's been talking to me about it, I've been looking at different things in my own life. And I was thinking about this the other day. You know, probably all of us, or maybe not, but if you're a coffee drinker and you've gone through the Tim Hortons or the Starbucks drive-through, every once in a while, you'll get caught in this cycle of pay it forward. Has anyone ever? Yeah, okay. So, you're, so for those of you that don't know this, it's an amazing thing. You pull up to get your coffee and the people at the window are like, hey, the person ahead of you just bought your coffee. And sometimes it'll go with a message like, pay it forward. But usually you just know you pay it forward, right? And so you get there and they're like, coffee's paid for by the other guy. And you're like, great, I'll get the next guy. Not knowing, I mean, they could order, they could be a van of 50 people, but you're like, you know? (laughs) So so it's the cycle. But at some point in time, somebody stops the cycle. And I never thought about that until just the other day, and I'll tell you why. I was at Starbucks, and I was driving through, um, and I get to, it was Judah and I, Judah ordered a Frappuccino, that's like a $20 drink, and and, uh, I ordered a coffee, and I get to the window, and the girl leans out, and she's like, hey, your friend, so-and-so, just bought your coffee. And I was like, oh. My friend, that's so nice. I haven't seen her in a long time. That was great. She's like, yeah. I'm like, great, thank you. And I drove off, right? 
Never gave it another thought, just like my friend bought a coffee, until I talked to her later on and realized that she was paying it forward, but it just so happened when she paid it forward to me, it was her friend, and I recognized I stopped it. It was me. It was me that stopped it. And I mean, I could give you a whole host of, you know, I, just, it, I wasn't thinking, it wasn't that I was trying to be stingy or anything like that, but I stopped the flow of this giving thing that was going. And so I, I just thought about it, and I felt like the Holy Spirit began to talk to me and say, this is what my people do. That they have a receiving mentality, but not a giving one. That the flow is supposed to go, I give so I can give. I, or I, I receive so I can give. I'm given to so I can give. But we're stopping the flow, and God is wanting us, God is wanting finances. He's wanting gifts to flow through us. But we're stopping it at us a receiving mentality. Deuteronomy 15.6 says, the Lord your God, and we're going to stay in Deuteronomy today, but the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised. You will lend money to many nations, but you will never need to borrow. You will rule many nations, but they will never rule over you. Did you see that? God has blessed you as he promised, and then you will lend. Not just God has blessed you as you promised and you'll have a wonderful life with your big mansions and everything and it'll just all end with you. No, there was a reason behind it. This is kingdom culture. This is the way of the kingdom. And there's a way that we are to conduct ourselves in kingdom living. As citizens of heaven, we are responsible to carry the, out the kingdom principles and kingdom living. We're responsible for that. You think of the Bible, um, or um, where we pray, um, our Father that art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. And, we're, and we pray that, but do we recognize that when we pray that, as citizens of the kingdom, as citizens of heaven, there is a responsibility on you to carry it out. So we're praying it, but it doesn't just give us we don't just act, okay, so for instance, God, we just want peace in this situation. God, just bring peace in this relationship between Jared and I. Peace, God, peace, peace. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just your will be done in, in, in Jared and my marriage. And then I act like a hellion. <laughs> There's a responsibility God we, God, we want your kingdom. Come, you know, Prince Albert needs some help, Father God. Uh, it needs to be cleaned up. We need to clean it up. And so, Father, we just pray your kingdom come, your will be done in Prince Albert, God. And then we litter all over the place. There are kingdom principles that we are to live out as well. Responsibility on us. So money is not bad. Money is what funds purpose. But the pursuit of money stops purpose. When you go after money, you then stop your pursuit of the purpose. When we are in pursuit of money, we are forfeiting our purpose. 
because it becomes the focus. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. He doesn't say the money is bad. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. And it says, and, and some people craving this money have wandered away. What's your purpose? The kingdom. The will of God. That's your purpose. But when you're after the love of money, when money becomes your pursuit, your heart, and we're going to talk about this probably next week, your heart begins to wander away. We are to be in pursuit of the kingdom of God, not the pursuit of money. Matthew 6, I'm just laying a foundation right now before we uh, get into some more stuff, but um, Matthew 6, it says, seek, angel read this, or angel said this today, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Another version of the New King James says, and all of these things will be added to you. Seek first. That's a kingdom priority. Seek first the kingdom of God. God does not have a problem with money. What he takes issue with, or what what the problem is, is where our priorities are. Many of us, money has become the focus and it becomes more important than our families, than our relationships, than our, our uh, marriages, uh, than the communities that God's placed us in, than um, our churches, our church family. It just becomes more important. It becomes our priority. And God says, I, that, that's, that's what I have issue with. Money should never be the focus It should be the fruit of your focus. Money should never be the focus. It should be the fruit of the focus. So when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added, he's saying, seek first the kingdom of God and fruit will come forth. And fruit will come forth. If money is your focus, your priorities are out of order and your fruit will become rotten because it's out of order. When you focus on the kingdom, everything else lines up. That's biblical. That's what the Bible says. When you focus on the kingdom, when that becomes your priority, everything else lines up. We're we're talking about a shift in our thinking, okay? God has standards. Man has suggestions. God has principles, and man has opinions. God has supreme strategy, And man has strongholds. When I say strongholds, man has a a pattern, a a mindset, a way of thinking. Um, A lot of us, we have this mindset by the way that we were raised. Or maybe we've listened to some financial guru tell us about how things are, that becomes our stronghold. It's the way that we're thinking. But again, if it does not line up with the word of God, it's wrong. It's wrong. So I'm going to go into now, I'm going to go into a verse that we, if you've been in church for any length of time, you probably know this scripture off by heart. Uh, If you've been in an offering service, you know this scripture off by heart. So let's go to Matthew 7, verse 1. 
Okay. Is it up there? Let's put it up there. There it is. Judge not, and you will not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, got that verse? Everyone remember that verse? Okay, Luke 6, 37. Is it up there? I want to make sure we're all reading this together. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will, for, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Know that verse? Okay, have you heard it at an offering? Yeah. Does it mention money? No, <laughs> it doesn't. This verse is talking about judgment. It's talking about condemnation. It's talking about forgiveness. But it's not talking about money. Now, I can see you're like, oh, this, is, this, isn't, what I, this isn't what I know. The same, it, it, it applies because of, the, because of seed time and harvest. It still applies because of seed time and harvest. But I just want to show you that, that we have quoted scriptures and said things thinking that it was talking about money, when it's not. It's, it's saying that if, if you judge, you're going to get it back. You, you should forgive so that you get it back. In other words, you should do good things because good things will come back to you. Don't do bad things, bad things will come back to you. You should release forgiveness so that others forgive you. You should not uh, judge other people because judgment and the same measure that you use in those things, that will be measured back to you. But a lot of times we hear the word give and we immediately think money. And it does apply to that. I'm not saying that, we, that, that, that that's not it, but we get uncomfortable in church settings when we say give, oh, money. But giving applies to every single area of your life. Every area of your life. Giving is all about your heart. If you're going to be a generous person, it's going to show up in your heart before it shows up in your hand. So, here's a good example. All of us, I'm sure, I'm sure, I know that we don't believe in the lottery, whatever, but all of us have had this conversation, I'm sure. If you're not, wow. If you haven't, I mean, wow. If I won the lottery, <laughs> this is what I would do, right? So I'd buy some of this, and most of us are like, and then I would give um, some to, I don't know, the church. And I'd probably buy these people this, and I'd pay off those people's debts and whatnot. That's what I would do if I won the lottery, or when I make it rich, or when my business takes off, or when I get that inheritance, then I'm going to, then, that's when I'm gonna give to orphanages, and I'm gonna give lots, of, I'm gonna do it. But what are you doing with what you have right now? Because it doesn't matter the amount that you have, 
Generosity begins in your heart before it ever shows up in your hand. It starts with your heart. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart follows where your treasure is. It follows where your treasure is. This is a quote. If God can get your wallet, we're about to get uncomfortable here. If God can get your wallet, he'll have your heart because your heart follows your treasure. You take care of the things where your money resides. So, so some of us have investments and stocks and you watch them, right? You're invested in that. Why? It's where your money is. It's where your money is. Some of us have vehicles that we love or quads or, I don't know, boats. You take care of those things. Why? It's where your money is. Your heart follows where your treasure is, what the Bible says. So if you want your heart in the kingdom, you put your treasure there. You put your money there. Now, when I say kingdom, I'm not solely talking about the church. So I'm not saying where your, if you want your heart in the kingdom, you should put it in the church. That's not what I'm saying. We read up ahead where it said, seek first the kingdom of God. So what is that? What's seeking first the kingdom of God? It means that the money that I have, the resources that I have, I consult with God above everything else. He's the number one. He's the one. Why? Because it came from him. All of it came from him. So I'm seeking him first, even about that. And then my heart follows my treasure. All right, we're going to start in Deuteronomy 15, and we're going to talk about the heart. So we read this verse already, but I'm going to read it again. For the Lord your God will bless you just as he promised you. This is a promise. Okay. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. You shall reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over you. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land with the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly lend to him sufficient for his need. Saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand. And your eye be evil against your brother, and you give him nothing, and he cries out the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Okay. What's going on is, is there is, uh, every seven years, there is a year of jubilee that was implemented. That meant that whatever debt that you had, didn't matter. The seventh year, it was completely done away with. Um, what's the word? Canceled. Yeah. It was canceled. So he's saying, you will lend to your brother no matter what. Even if there's only six months before that seventh year shows up and you're going to have to cancel the debt that he owes you, you'll do it anyway. 
So that's what he's saying. You're, you're not going to not lend to him because, ugh, he probably can't pay me back in six months, so I'm not going to lend to him because I'm going to have to free him of this debt. He says, no, you'll do it anyway. So number one, we have to deal with a selfish heart. God created giving for your sake because it works selfishness and greed out of our life. When you give, you are more like your father. But what happens with us is a lot of us, when we, when we go to give or when God maybe says, hey, I want you to give this person or there's like a, a prompting in your heart you want to give, you're like, well, I want to tell them how they're going to use this that I'm giving, blessing them, money that I'm giving them. Or I don't like what they will do with that money. I can't trust them that they will use it the way that I think that they should. That's selfishness. Listen to this. God does not judge your harvest on what they did with the seed you gave them. He judges your harvest by what you did with the seed when it was in your hand. In other words, it's none of your business what they do with the money that you gave them. If God said, hey, give them this or the car or well, I don't know. I don't know what you're giving them. The food, whatever, whatever. It's not your business. If God says, I want you to give it to them, then you, you let God and them figure that out. If he says, to give it to you. Your harvest is based on your obedience with the seed that's in your hand right now. Deuteronomy 15.10 You shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Because for this thing the Lord will bless you in all your works and in all uh, to which you put your hand to. What a great verse. But your heart should not be grieved because the Lord will bless you in all your works and in all that you put your hand to. So we need to deal with our grieving heart. Selfishness will always come before you give and grieving will always try to come after. It's easy to not grieve when you remember who it came from. You only grieve what you thought was yours. You only grieve what you thought was yours. So for instance, watch this. I need money. I need money to pay some bills. I'd like to go eat after. You got money, oh. How much money do you got? And you're giving it to me? Thank you, thank you for this money. Isn't that wonderful? Wayne. Are you grieving giving me this money? Why is he? He says he's not grieving it. Why are you not grieving giving me this money? Whose was it? It was mine. <laughs> it's my money. So why didn't he grieve it? Because it didn't come from him. You only grieve what you thought was yours. You only grieve what you thought came from you. So it's a, it's a perspective shift that says everything that I have came from him. So when he asks me to give it, why? Why? 
would I grieve it? Because it all comes from him. You can cut. Yes, thank you guys. <laughs> Psalms 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness, that means all of it belongs to him. So here's a, here's a thought. Well, but I got this money because I worked for it. I, I, that was my blood, sweat, and tears. I worked for that. I got that job. I made that deal. I did those things. Okay. Okay. Who got you the job? Whose favor was on your life? Who, who, who helped you through school to get that job? Who gave you the body that you have to work that job? Who's sustaining you? Who, who gave you the breath inside of your lungs to get up in the morning to go to that job? All of it belongs to him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness. And the fullness. It all belongs to him. Okay. Verse 11 in Deuteronomy. Verse 11. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I command you saying, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor, to, to your poor and your needy in your land. If your brother, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman is sold to you and serves you six years, then in the seventh year, you shall let him go free. And you and when you send him away free from you, you shall not let him go away empty handed. You shall supply him liberally from your flock from your threshing floor, from your wine press, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with, and you shall give to him. We need to develop a generous heart. We were born selfish, but we were born again generous. It was our sinful nature that was born selfish, but when we accepted Christ into our life, we were born again, like our father, born again, generous, a giver, a giver. So it's a mindset shift. Boy, careful with those two words put together. <laughs> um, so we think of little kids, okay? Uh, all of us have seen this at some point in time, but we'll use my children for an example. Uh, you, you have children and you give them toys. And they played with those toys and they loved those toys. Those toys came from you. And they did not buy those toys or anything. They just came from you because you loved them. So they're playing with the toys. A friend comes over. And they're little. A friend comes over and the friend goes to play with those toys. And what does the child say? Mine. <laughs> it's mine. Right? Okay, well, then, so then the, uh, the kid goes to get a different toy and the child's like, oh, that's also mine. That's mine. It's all mine. Right? Mine, mine, mine. And as adults, we teach them, no, we share. This is what you do. You share. You share. You share. And so they're learning as they grow up, I share. I, and not everything is just mine. In other words, it doesn't just stop at me. These didn't come from me. It is mine to share. <laughs> I share. Generosity is learning to share, is learning 
to give, is learning that it doesn't just stop with me. It's not just mine. And I think that just as God, excuse me, just as us, as parents, have had to teach our children and say, okay, it's time for you to grow up, you need to share, I think it's the same for us, that there's a point where it's like, okay, you need to, it's time for you to grow up. It's time for you to grow up. This is kingdom principles and kingdom living. It's time for you to give. It's time for you to share. It's time, it's time for you to recognize that everything that you have comes from me, and so we give it back out. Verse 15, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. He says, you shall remember that it was the Lord that redeemed you. The last one is to develop a grateful heart. A lot of us go after, I, I don't have enough. I want more. I need more. And we're un unthankful for the things that we have. There's this discontentment, which actually comes out of a spirit of mammon, and we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. Super good, but, um, but we have this ungratefulness for what we have, what he's done for us. That we forget that we were in bondage and he freed us. We forget that, that it was Jesus that died on the cross for us, that where would we be without him? a gratefulness for who he is and how he supplies and what he does for us in our life, developing a gratefulness and not forgetting where we came from. And so I'll end with this. I want to go back up. It says in, in verse 11 and in verse 15, it says, I have commanded you. You go back and look at both times. The Lord says, I have commanded you to do these things. Isn't that interesting? That there is a command from God that you, you will be givers. You will be generous. This is, this is how my children live their life. You, you will be generous. I command you. What authority does he have to command it? Because it all comes from him. It all comes from him. All of it. So it's the shift that we begin to look and say, it was never really mine to start with. It was what he blessed me with. And he blesses me with it so that I can bless others. It wasn't supposed to come and stop at me. It was supposed to come and flow through me and just keep flowing through me and just keep flowing through me. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So Father, I just thank you I thank you for your principles and your precepts and, and, and the things that you've laid out for us to walk in kingdom living, in a kingdom lifestyle. And so, Father, I thank you over the next couple of weeks as we begin to take this journey and this deep dive into your word, looking at what it means to be generous, what it means to live this way, Father, that there would be a shift that takes place in our thinking of how we see finances, of how we see stewardship. Father, there would be a shift in our thinking that would, that would change how we even look at money. That we would be a people that are blessed to be a blessing. 
And that I think, Father, I declare that there would be freedom that takes place amongst us in the middle of this freedom from serving money and living free in the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. So Father, I thank you for your revelation and your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Adam? For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.